Hello everyone, welcome back to the Football Betting Podcast. It's a new season, brand new show, and we're back for a season preview and opening day special. I'm your host Tom Pipkin, I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Welcome back to the show guys, long time no speak. I hope everyone's finished wiping the tears from the Euros and we're ready for a full season, Tom. Hopefully COVID-free. Mm. EFL Premier League season. There is nothing quite like it. Absolutely, as ever. We're going to look through the EFL leagues today. So no Premier League coming up next weekend. So that's going to be in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so the next pod will feature the Premier League. But for this one, we're going to go through the EFL. So Championship, League 1, League 2. We're going to look at the teams we fancy in the outright markets for each league. So promotion candidates, relegation candidates. And then we're also going to give you the individual game tips that we that we fancy for Saturday as well. Yeah, really looking forward to it. There's, uh, I, I always feel like when there's an international tournament, the turnaround is scarily fast. It, <laughs> it was it was like England, obviously lost the final. Everyone had a couple of days to to soak in, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm turning my attention towards our team, Tom Nottingham Forest, and I'm I'm we're playing preseason friendlies. And then there's two weeks to go before the season. And I feel like I'm so caught off guard. But so much to talk about in terms of what's going on with all these teams. And, you know, we've got newcomers to the leagues, obviously, Tom, that we haven't ever covered before in League Two, promoted yeah. sides. There's so much to, to talk about. I think we just need to get into it, really, and start off in a championship. Yep, let's sink our teeth in then. So we'll start off at the very top. So championship outright. Firstly, uh, any picks for promotion from the championship for you? Yeah, uh, so I'll take the first one. I think the first team that leap out at me, um, pretty much far and away um, favourites right now, would be Bournemouth. Bournemouth for price at 10 to 3 for promotion. And that is via any method. So including the playoffs, title, and finishing second. I, I just think right now I look at their, their squad and they haven't really lost anyone. I mean, of course, the danger, Tom, with doing a, a preview um, before the transfer window closes is someone like Dan Juma could leave the day we release the podcast. But the, as we record it right now, they've still got the Dan Juma, Brooks, Solanke, etc., Jefferson, Lerma, like all these, all these solid... Premier League players, really. And yeah. then Scott Parker in charge. Yes, he was relegated last year, but I think it's a massive upgrade on Jonathan Woodgate and um, and Jason Tindall. So, yeah, for me, Bournemouth look set for a return to the top flight this year. Yeah, completely agreed, to be honest. Um, I had them as one of the two teams that I've got for automatic promotion. But, yeah, I'll take I'll take the 10-3 to 3 promotion any method. Exactly the same points I had written down as you, really. Good appointment in Scott Parker. Won promotion before under Fulham. With Fulham, uh, Brooks, Danjuma, Solanke. These players, Billing, Lerma, Ben Pearson, quality operators in the championship, you know, wherever you look uh, positionally. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll go well. And then, similarly for me, you know, you mentioned that Bournemouth haven't really lost anybody. Neither has Sheffield United. And I really like them for multiple reasons. So they've they've got in Slavisa Jakanovic. He's already won promotion from the league with what Fulham and Watford. Um, so he knows his way out of this league. And again, 
they've not really lost anybody either. I'd expect potentially uh, maybe a Ramsdale might leave, a Berger might leave. But apart from that, you know, you're still looking, you've got Egan, O'Connell, Basham, Stevens, Fleck. That's a, a solid defence and core of the side who got them promotion to the Premier League a few seasons ago. Um, then you throw in McBurney, Brewster, uh, Lise Mousse. You know, they've got players there who are proven championship goal scorers more than capable, again, of getting 15-plus goals between each of them this season. So I think they've got all the tools that they need to, to you know, to make a, a bounce back to the Premier League at the first time of asking. 3-1, to one, any method for promotion. 9-1 to one for league winner. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Hopefully we've got a, a, a different team in, uh, as our third promoted side <laughs> for a little bit of variety. But yeah, it's hard to look past Sheffield United. Not going to repeat everything that you said. Just one thing I want to add on. Um, this squad has been together for the longest, I think, in the league in terms of yeah. knowing each other's game, You know, friends off the pitch, great dressing room. Like Everything seems... Very, very, very settled, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on Sheffield United. Jukanovic worries me a, a tiny bit. Like I'm not as bullish on Sheffield United as I am Bournemouth. Purely Parker versus Jukanovic, but yeah, I've got them down as one of my three. As you said, any method, three to one. Nice, nice. Um, as for my third team that I had to get promotion, this is I've I've not really done it. Automatic and then via the playoffs, so some three I fancy to go up. Yeah, same. Any method, um, and it's boring to be honest with you. Uh, I've gone for Fulham uh, again, based on quality of squad over a lot of the other teams. Uh, I'm not completely sold on Marco Silva as a managerial appointment, to be honest. But uh, we've seen literally Fulham yo-yo between Premier League and Championship for the last few seasons now, um, and again they have the squad that is fully equipped to to do so again. Generally, as a general point, I don't think it is... I look down a lot of the teams in the league. I don't think it's the highest quality championship that we've seen for a while, to be honest. I think you're going to have a lot of size, particularly the recently relegated Premier League size, that are a lot stronger than some of the others. Um, just looking at the odds, Forest are the fifth favourites to get promoted. And as Forest fans... I'm looking at that and thinking, why on earth? Yeah, yeah. This is this is something I'll get onto my onto my pick, Tom, which is different to Fulham, um, in a minute. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that I was looking at. I was looking at the at the big hitters, right? So you've got Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, Bournemouth. Yeah, I feel like that is a clear breakaway four, at least on paper, because then mm-hmm. the following four teams are Cardiff. Middlesbrough, Stoke, Forest, and then Swansea, who you could put an argument up for, but obviously it looks like Steve. I I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but Cooper out and uh, Martin in at mm. Swansea. That's a, a very late change, isn't it? So yeah, for me, it looks like a very top heavy four, and then kind of the rest of it looks really poor, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and that segues me in nicely. You don't have to be a genius to work out that I've gone for West Brom, Tom. West Brom over Fulham. I just think, again, similar to Bournemouth, as we stand right this second, they still have Sam Johnson, Matty Pereira, Dean Garner. It, it's, it's a side still with lots of top-end 
Premier League talent. I yeah. think Pereira could play for... I don't see why Pereira couldn't get into like a Tottenham or an Arsenal side. And same with Sam Johnson, to be honest. And whilst they're in charge, I can't really look away from them. And then, very similarly, Tom, in terms of managerial head-to-heads, I did Parker Djokanovic. I also did Silva and Ismail. And that was tough because Ismail's only had one season um, in England, at least, where he's been under our microscope. Yeah. But I feel like his his achievement of getting Barnsley to the playoffs is a lot more recent, a lot fresher, and I just think he might edge it for me. Mm. West Brom, 11-4, to four, any method. Yeah, I didn't have West Brom. If they're up there at the end of the season, I can absolutely see why. But I just feel, looking at their squad... They look a bit light in the middle to me. Um, in midfield? Yeah, yeah, centre midfield. Mm. I'm looking at, they've got Romain Sawyers, Alex Marat, Jake Livermore, um, and they're the main three. Beyond that, you don't really have anybody in their squad that's a centre mid. I think that's fair. That's a very, very good three. For it the is record. a very good three. Yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. They, they let Sam Field go, they let Raheem Harper go. Yeah, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll add one or two, but completely understand as a, as it is right now, it does look a bit thin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's focus on the other end then. Um, I think we will both agree on at least one, uh, and it's a good one, <laughs> as far as we're concerned. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think Derby are going to go down. You can't actually get odds on Derby to get relegated, which kind of tells a story in itself. Um, seems to be going from one crisis to another crisis, off the field, unable to sign players because of the NFL transfer embargo. Yeah, Wayne Rooney's come out and, and said, as it stands, they only have, what, nine senior outfield players to field at this rate um, come opening day. Uh, it's it's not looking good for Derby. Um, yeah, turmoil on the field, off the field, can't get odds for them to go down. You can understand why. They will be very, very short, I think, if there were odds available. But I think they'll go. Yeah, well, they've got the impending uh, points deduction. I think that's the reason uh, why you can't get any prices on them to go down. Um, they, It's hard to remember a pre-season that has been so shockingly bad. I, I, yeah. I'm re- I've been really racking my brain. I mean... Derby have just been a complete circus for years now. Years and years and years. There's been so many off-the-field issues. It's been unbelievable. And that word gets used a lot, but it really is craziness, the amount of stuff that's gone gone off at Derby. And, And yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty much done and dusted unless something drastic happens because they go into it with you know, academy lads and a, and a couple of players that nearly got relegated last year anyway and a rookie manager that ended up not doing too well the end of last season. It's, yeah, it's looking formidable. Maybe yeah. things will change, but as of right now, I would take anyone on in a head-to-head with Derby going down um, in a Absolutely. head-to-head bet. Absolutely. Um, anyone else you fancy? Yeah, Hull. 15 to 4. I know they did so well last year, and you know, it, it was great for them to bounce back at the first time of asking, but they're strapped for cash. 
that's it's pretty public that they don't have too much money at the moment. And yeah, it's just their signings don't really inspire me. And I feel like they're relying on people that are unproven at this level. And there's two kinds of unproven. There's Keen Lewis Potter, for example, who is unproven at this level because he's young. Then you've got people like George Honeyman and Malik Wilkes that were absolutely outstanding last year, but they've been in a championship before and not delivered. So I'm just thinking they're relying on these players that haven't done it before. I would love to be proved wrong because I really like what they did when they kept McCann. And of course, as I mentioned, they've got not too much money, so they're up against it. I'd like them to stay up, but I think they will fall just short. Yeah, okay. Um, I actually had Hull as well, to be honest. So hmm. hopefully our third team is different. Yeah. Um, I've gone for Bristol City as my other team to go down. Um, the odds for Bristol City, a little bit higher than the rest. Um, four to one. Well, same as Hull then, really. Four to one for Bristol City to go down. Um, they ended last season with an absolutely horrendous run. Nigel Pearson came in, couldn't turn them around at all. Um, he was slating the players. They've duly had a lot of upheaval in terms of playing personnel. Um, they've got rid of 12 players from the squad from last season um, and they brought in three. So they brought in Matty James, Andy King and Rob Atkinson from Oxford. So Matty James and Andy King, they're old Pearson players from Leicester. Uh, Rob Atkinson mm. looks like a decent signing from League One Oxford. But looking at those arrivals... Um, Looking at the people who've gone out, I don't think they've done anywhere near enough to turn around what was a shocking second half of the last season. Because, you know, if you take out the fact that they won, what, the first four or five games of the last season, they'd have gone down. Yep. They were that bad for the rest of the season, you know, from November onwards. So I think for me, they've not done enough to, to change that. Yeah, totally, totally see that, Tom. Um, it was between Bristol City and... Huddersfield Town for me. I plucked for Huddersfield. Uh, they're priced at ten to three to go down. I think they've got. When I looked at the squad, they had four really good fullbacks, and then everyone else I just didn't really rate besides Josh Caroma. So <laughs> very weird to be honest with you, because I was looking at the fullbacks, thinking, "Wow, yeah, I like that. I like that." Then I was looking at everything else, and it was just filled with. It just wasn't inspiring. I mean, the romance of bringing Jordan Rhodes back is all well and good. And you know the fans, I'm sure, are, are delighted. But when you think we're ahead, Rhodes hasn't done it for, for a long time now. Fraser Campbell and Danny Ward are the next options. They don't do it consistently at championship level. It's a lot on Karoma that's coming off the back of a serious injury. And I think they'll go because they won't score enough goals. Yeah. I it was on a knife edge, Tom, between Bristol City and Huddersfield, and for and for our listeners, it's probably more interesting that I went for Huddersfield. So I'm kind of glad that I did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think between the two of them, they are they're they're right down there. I think you know if you look at the bookies, their favourite three are Derby, Peterborough, and Blackpool. And to be honest with you, it's just lazy. I think yeah. from the bookies, Peterborough and Blackpool for me will definitely be in the bottom half but I don't think they'll go. And then you've got Huddersfield and Hull, who we've tipped. And then you're looking at teams like Coventry and Preston, who should have enough. So yeah. I think as we stand right now, it's it's a straight shootout between 
Huddersfield and Bristol City for that last spot. But again, things could change. Yeah, I think I agree. Peterborough and Blackpool is is lazy. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things, if you're a potential relegation candidate, one of the things you absolutely want to give yourself a chance is a striker who could get 15 goals plus to five 100%. safety. And Blackpool in Jerry Yates and Peterborough in Johnson Clark Harris have both got that. They're two two players who I think will both get goals at this level and, and could easily be playing for clubs much higher up the table. Agreed. And I just want to say, um, I mentioned that Malik Wilts hasn't done it at championship level. Neither have Johnson Clark Harris or Jerry Yates, but they the, the big difference is they haven't had the opportunity. Yeah. And Wilkes has. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, then, so how about the individual games then that we've got coming up this weekend? Um, I'll kick us off. I... I mentioned I fancy Sheffield United to potentially win the league, definitely get promoted. They're three to four at home to Birmingham. Um, I think they'll get the win. I think it'll be a good start for Jukanovic and for the Blaze back at this level. I don't think Birmingham are going to be anything like a rollover. I think this could be a a fairly tight game. Sheffield United coming out maybe 2-0, 2-1. I think Birmingham will go fairly well this season under Lee Bowyer. Solid mid-table club, I reckon. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's a it's a friendly friendly enough fixture back at this level for Sheffield United to get three points on the board. Bit of confidence. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on that. I just a quick word on Bowyer. I I totally agree with you, Tom. They've made some really eye catching signings: Jordan Graham, Chuck Sanike, Ryan Woods, Dion Sanderson, Chong on loan from Manchester mm. United. Like like they they look so much better than like this time last year. Hundred percent. It's a real fresher, a real breath of fresh air for Blues fans. Yeah, I mentioned these two sides, and I think they'll be in League One together next season. But I am going to go for Huddersfield to get a win at Derby. I mean, Tom, after what we just mentioned, I don't see how we can not tip Huddersfield. To be honest yeah, with agree. you, um, I have no idea what kind of team Derby are going to put out. It's going to be basically players that nearly got relegated last year and youth team players. And it won't be any Jason Knight because Rooney smashed him in training. And it's just <laughs> it's just going to be a pretty negative, horrible feeling around Pride Park. And, you know, the Rams fans haven't seen their team for a long time. And I think they're going to wish that, that COVID was still a thing because Huddersfield, 8 to 11. I mean, I'd, as a... You know, I don't like Huddersfield. I don't think they're very good, but I certainly think they're going to be better than Derby and Worthy. This isn't a who's going to have a better season bet. This is who's going to win a football match on Saturday. And I'm going for Huddersfield 8-11. to 11. Yeah, well, Derby played a friendly against Notts County today on the day that we recorded. And you'd think with less than a week to go before their opening day fixture, this is their final pre-season game. You'd think they'd probably, be, they'd probably play this game with the side that they expect to start the opening day game, really. Um, they beat Notts County 2-0, but yeah, it's a side that was made up of what, you've got six youngsters and five established first teamers from last season in it. So, And then five players on the bench. So yeah, it's, it's not really looking good for Derby in terms of personnel. Grim. Um, another one from me, uh, I did find the championship quite tough, to be honest, on opening day this year. Um, a lot of evenly matched teams, I think, playing each other this weekend. I think I'm going to go against our team, Forest. 
I'm going to go with Coventry City. They're priced at 13 to 8 to get the win at home against Forest. And the reason I'm going against us here is because of our disrupted COVID pre-season. Um, so for those that don't know, COVID has hit the Forest camp recently and we've had to postpone a couple of our pre-season friendlies. Um, so, yeah, I just think with the poor preparation, you know, first team is getting COVID. We don't know yet who it is who's been ill, whether they'll, I doubt they'll be playing any part of this game. Um, yeah, I just think the disruption isn't going to be good for Forest against a team who have had a full pre-season, plenty of training against this Forest side who potentially may not have had key first teamers take any part in training whatsoever for, for a couple of weeks. Um yeah, no, no preseason games for the last two weeks. Yeah, not an ideal start. No, it's not. And Forest have, Forest have gone from one hundred to zero last season. Everyone was talking about how the fact they've signed all these crazy amount of players and they didn't need to do it. And this year we needed people out the door and a refresher, and we've signed a goalkeeper that we didn't really need. So yeah. there's that point as well. Obviously. Jao Carvalho and Brennan Johnson highlight a good core of players coming back from loan spells that will probably play a part in a first-team squad. So you could say players like that, Gabriel, Fauna, etc., are basically like new signings, but it feels like Forrest is still a bit short. I'm not sure we're going to go out there and lose, Tom, but I did have under 2.5 goals. Uh, 8 to 15 is the price for that. I think Forrest's major issue last year was goal scoring and that hasn't been addressed to date. And Coventry have gone out and tried to solve their goal scoring issues by signing Martin Waghorn and giving him the number nine shirt. And if history and recent history and recent form is anything to go off, that won't be enough. So I'm going for a boring nil-nil, possibly a 1-1. Yep, cool. In addition, I Tom, I'm a big, big, big QPR guy this season. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really hot on the R's. I think they had a good season last year. And I like what they've done in the transfer window. I wasn't overly keen on the Charlie Austin loan, but he did well. Stefan Johansson joins him coming back on permanent transfers. A couple of centre mid additions. We mentioned Sam Field in the West Brom segment. He's come to QPR and will play with Dozel in midfield. Dozel arrives from Ipswich for, I think, about $1.5 million. Mm, I just yeah. like the way that QPR are going. They're, they're marshaled still by Rob Dickey, who's one of the best centre-backs in the league, in my opinion. And they're playing Millwall at home. And Millwall, just all their signings and the whole club just feels very sideways. I don't feel like they've improved anything. I don't know if Gary Rowett, is cut out at this level, to be honest with you. I think if he gets sacked, which I'm going to stick my neck out and say that will happen this season, I don't think you'll see him managing in the championship for a while. And yeah, I just think I look at these two sides, I see one vibrant going in the right direction in QPR, and I see one shuffling sideways and flattering to to inspire. So I'm going for QPR 23-20 at Loftus Road. Yeah, cool. I can see that one for sure. I think QPR potentially a, an outside pick for the playoffs, potentially, you know, that sixth place. Yeah. Um, any more? I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm, I'm happy to leave it there. I have a final one I'll quickly rattle through. 
Uh, Luton, Peterborough, both teams to score. This is a classic bet for for people who have been involved in gambling over the last maybe decade or so. Peterborough have just been the darlings of both teams to score. Five to six is the price. I like what Luton have done in the transfer window. It's been a very attacking-minded transfer window. And Tom, we've mentioned Peterborough going forward. Uh, they've added George Grant, uh, a League One uh, team of the year midfielder from Lincoln into that, who is an attacking midfielder. So they haven't lost anybody. I'm not sure which way the result will go, but both teams have scored five to six, and I'm pretty confident with that. Cool. Yep. Happy days. Right. So let's move to League One then. Um, we'll start off as we did before with our League One promotion picks. And I feel like this is a recurring thing now. Groundhog Day, when we do this everything, every single season, as you'd expect, Sunderland at the top of the bookies list for promotion. <laughs> Absolutely not at the top of mine. Avoid. No. Avoid. No. Every year, avoid. Every single year. <laughs> I. The thing is, right, I'm a bit annoyed because I really like the look of MK Dons. Six to one promotion, any method. However... Um, a lot of that, I feel, relied on the brilliance of Rus- Russell Martin, the manager, the football he had them playing, the style that they had. You know, they've been working on that for over 18 months now and it looked like it was bearing fruit. Um, and this could have been the season where they, they really went and uh, and took, took the league on and got promoted. But Swansea coming in for Russell Martin, it's not confirmed that he's going to definitely go there yet, but... I feel like if he does, um, that puts a real asterisk by my pick of MK Dons, to be honest. 100%. 100%. I'm with you, mate. I, Yeah, I mean, towards the back end of last season, I always use Leicester as a example. So when Leicester stayed up, right, uh, went on that crazy run, right, the season before they won the league. No, I didn't think they'd win the league, but... They, they performed so well to the back end of last season and you're thinking they could go on and like finish mid-table or they, they will be fine next yeah. year. This is the same kind of feeling I had with MK Dons where you know you could see all the signs, all the process, all the, all the work that had been putting in on the training ground, etc. Like this was the year. But I'm 100% with you, mate. It's, it's a big asterisk there now. Big asterisk. Yeah. Anyone else you'd like the look of? Yeah, I mean... Nine to two for Rotherham, Tom, is my pick. I know they're not that sexy. You know, they're not Sunderland. They're not Portsmouth. They're not Ipswich. They're not Sheffield Wednesday. They're not Wigan. A lot of these teams have got new, shiny, rich owners, etc. But Rotherham have been here and done it so many times. They yeah. haven't lost that many key players. They've lost Crooks, probably their best player, and Sunday, the fullback. But into, apart from that, They've still got the core of the side that got promoted from League One, almost survived the championship and possibly could have if it wasn't for COVID. And they've just been here so many times. Someone Paul Warren is still there. And very similar to Sheffield United, this group has been together. And now, you know, Sheffield United got a new manager with an old group of players that have been together. This is even stronger because it's the same group of players and the same manager. And I just think it's a little bit of a slap in the face from the bookies to have them down, you know, nine to two below Charlton and, and Wigan, etc. Mm-hmm. This is a side that was in the championship last year. 
that really could have survived. So I'm I'm huge on Rotherham, 92. Yeah. Really, really huge on them. I can see it. I can see it. And another one, along the similar vein that I've got, is Wickham. 7-1 to one for Wickham you can get to be promoted any method. Again, they're below... Even like the likes of Oxford, Lincoln, Bolton, man, Bolton just got promoted from League Two. Wickham come down in coming down from the Championship, very similar to Rotherham, had an excellent chance. You know, really put up a fight in staying up, um, and I think one extra point would have done it in the end for them. Uh, but yeah, the run that they went on in the kind of last ten games of the season that was playoff form. That was playoff form. Mm-hmm. And if they can replicate that, because they've not really lost many players, um, Ik Piatsu and Fred Onyedinma are the only two key losses. They've both gone to championship sides in Middlesbrough and Luton. But aside from that, the core of the squad remains the same. They've added Sam Vokes. They've added Josh Scow and Sully Kaikai from Sunderland and Blackpool. Um, and I think if they carry on from where they left off in the championship last season, They've got every chance, every chance. And again, they're under the radar. And I'm sure Gareth Ainsworth will absolutely love the fact that, you know, they're they're in the middle of the field in terms of the uh, promotion odds. He'll absolutely love it. 100%. I'm looking at my list. Wickham, Ainsworth, still there. He's the best signing they could have made. Lost Nick Piazza and Charles, but have signed Sam Vokes, which is an OK replacement. And a huge, under the radar, massive signing at League One level, Sully Kaikai. Yeah. has joined Wickham from Blackpool. That is a huge signing. Wickham, as you said, Tom, again, another slap in the face, really, um, just because they're not called Sunderland, etc. I would back Wickham over Sunderland every day of the week. 100%. 100%. Um, I'm not being sucked in by Ipswich and Wigan. I, like you mentioned, new owners, shiny new toys, lots of signings, expensively assembled squads in relation to a lot of the other teams in the league. But, you know, you've got Ipswich here, second favourites for promotion, Wigan, sixth favourites generally for promotion, uh, five to two roughly for Ipswich, four to one for for Wigan. Um, the concern I have, especially with Ipswich, they've made about 10, 11 new signings. It's going to take time. Even those signings they've made, I appreciate, I think they're good signings. When you bring together that many new players, it's definitely going to take a bit of time to gel them all together and to see if it even works. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of teams in the past just try and throw money at leagues by signing some of the better players, and it's just not worked. So I'm, I'm staying on the sidelines in terms of Ipswich at the moment. Interesting, because I am not. They are my third team, Ipswich. I I 100% get what you're saying, Tom, but I'm going to give you the other side of the coin. This has been a, a team that has had the same players fail year after year after year after year. What, what they needed was a clear out. What they needed was a whole new squad. What they needed was a new mindset and a new manager. And yes, I'm 100% with you, Tom. This could all go pear-shaped because it's too much too soon. But I rate Paul Cook very highly still. I don't care how bad he was when they came in because the job he did at Wigan was absolutely ridiculously good. Then signings like Raheem Harper, Matt Penny. Tom, a front two of Joe Piggott and Connor Chaplin is basically a cheat code at League One level. Piggott's done it for Wimbledon. Chaplin, I I cannot believe he's in League One. I cannot believe it. 
He's a championship player, comfortably a mid-table championship player. And for me, I mean, one of these sides is going to get it right, right? Sunderland, Ipswich, Wigan, Portsmouth. One of them is going to get it right, I think. And I'm plumping for Ipswich because I think what they've done in the transfer market has been way better than their rivals. I agree. You cannot not be impressed by their transfer business. It is it is very good, um, but it's not football manager. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, if they get promoted, which they may well do, it, fair enough, well played. They On paper, they've got a very, very good squad. But, yeah, I'm just going to wait for a month or so to see how it all starts to, to gel and pan out. Then I'll jump on the bandwagon if they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be backing them every week. Yeah. All right, Tom, uh, let's glaze over relegated sides. So there's four. So I will get us started off with Morecambe. Mm-hmm. This yep. feels like, uh, I put in my notes here, it feels like Wickham from last season. What on earth are you doing here? They'll push it close. They'll they'll really, really dig in and they will do everything they can. But ultimately, they've lost three of their key cogs. They've lost Adams, the manager. They've lost Songo, the defensive midfielder. And they've lost Mendes Gomez, the spark. I really don't want them to go down, but someone's going to go. And in arguably the most competitive, strongest league one I've seen in my life, they won't have enough, I don't think. They're 10 to 11 to go down. Yep, I agree with that one. Had them too. Um, I've also put Cambridge, you know, recently promoted again. 11 to 10 for Cambridge to go down. And I think what we're saying is this is a very competitive League One this season. And I just don't look at their team. And I might, I may be completely wrong here, but I look at the team. I just don't look convinced in terms of their squad in comparison to other squads. I'm just not sure they're going to have enough to stay up, but I'm sure they'll give it a good go. Um, yeah, this, I don't have an awful lot to say to probably justify it well enough, but um, I just don't think they're going to have enough this season. No, agreed with you, mate. They've lost Paul Mullin, haven't they, to to Wrexham. Uh, so can Wes Houlihan do it in League One? It's, it just looks like there's a lot to do. Mark Bonner obviously has only managed one season. Will he swim or will he sink? We don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... Read out Fleetwood, Tom. Uh, Fleetwood are 10-3 to to go down, and I'm backing it. Signings have been poor. They've been going backwards since they lost to Wickham in the playoffs. That just seemed to completely derail them. Uh, I feel like they have scaled back on their spending quite a bit, which I understand. You know, they're a real, real small club when you think about it, Uh, paying a lot of money and the signings they brought in, a lot of them were of considerable age, you know, kind of tried and trusted, inverted commas, you know, uh, League One operators. But, yeah, it feels like they're going backwards a little bit. Last season, they they really struggled. And Simon Grayson is someone I have backed. I've rated before, but I don't rate him now, unfortunately. He's had too many jobs in recent memory that have gone very pear-shaped. And I think Fleetwood, 10-3, to 3, this kind of experiment in trying to get up to the championship, I think it, it might actually end up with them in League 2 next season. I am mm. not convinced with them at all. Yeah, no, I can see that, definitely. Um, 
I was a bit torn between um, a couple of a couple of my others. So I've got AFC Wimbledon down. I feel like they have been threatening to go down for about four or five seasons now. Um, they've literally finished to kind of one, two, three places above the drop zone in the last like four seasons. Um, this could be the season, and I'm looking at a Joe Piggott-sized hole in their squad, mm. and they've not replaced him adequately. You know, I'd say they brought in a guy called Aaron Cosgrave and a player called Luke McCormick from Chelsea under 23s and a player from Brentford B, all as centre forwards. Um, are any of them adequate replacements? I don't know who these guys are, but judging from where they're coming from, um, I don't think they will be, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I just think with the lack of, with, with the absence of Piggott's goals and the lack of good additions throughout the summer in comparison to the departures, I think they could really struggle. Interesting. Okay. Um, I I like the signing of Darius Charles. He's listed as a centre-back, um, but he does play up front as well. Uh, he played up front quite a lot for Wickham um, in his time. I think he... Is capable. He's thirty-three. He's thirty-three, though. It doesn't matter. Thirty-three year old. Why not? Age is a number. Bonucci, Chiellini. Yeah, age is they're a center number. Back. They're centre backs. Yeah, so you're saying so? Darius Charles might play up front. It doesn't matter. When he's a... It doesn't matter. Age is a number. So you think Darius Charles is going right. to replace Piggott's fifteen goals? Possibly. No. Yeah. Not for me. If he's given the opportunity. Not. For if he's me. given the opportunity but to play he... up there. All right, fine. I, I don't think Wimbledon are going down. And I'd love to know who you think are going to go down. Who's your other one? You said you were you were torn. Plymouth. Not convinced. Okay. Not convinced. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, not convinced by... It's what seems like Ryan Lowe's really um, brash, kind of outspoken management style towards his players at the back end of last season. Um, you know, this you've got to remember, put things in perspective. Last season was their first season back in League One, comfortably survived, and he was hammering them, you know, towards the end of the season, it seemed, week after week in the press. Um, the end of the, the second half of the season was a lot, lot poorer than the first half of the season. And, yeah, I just think if he keeps acting the way he is, I'm sure the players are going to get their backs up. The signs they've made, I'm not overly impressed with, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just don't think they're going to have enough this season to, to stay in the league. Yeah, as you can tell by my reaction, I'm also in on Plymouth 7-2 to two to go down. Same with, I mean, Ryan Lowe, I really thought he was, I thought it was going to be not, the next big thing is like a bit of an exaggeration, but I thought he might outgrow Plymouth eventually. Mm. Now he's basically fighting to to keep him in the league. And yeah, looking at the players that they've brought in, you know, no one leaps off the page for me. Maybe that's because I don't know enough about them. Ryan Broom looks like a decent signing, but yeah, I just don't know enough about them to to overly comment. But you know, relying on on Luke Jeffcott again this season, who looked unbelievable, and and then just fell off a cliff. And he's a young mm. lad who we've seen this happen so many times. 
you know, will the real Luke Jeffcott please stand up? You know, are you a 20 goal a season young striker who's destined for bigger things? Or did you hit a purple patch and are you destined to, to kind of be a League One, League Two talent? We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that's who I am also backing to go down is yeah. Plymouth. I also think if, if Jeffcott did go to another club um, in the remainder of the transfer window, that will probably put another nail in the coffin. Yeah. With him being yeah. the one who is capable of getting 15 plus. Is he though? Well, is I, he? I don't know. We'll see. But, um... I know he did, but he <laughs> did know. that all up until know. January and then yeah. he, he basically fell off a cliff. So believe, not sure. Believe his own hype, potentially. Maybe, um, maybe. We'll see. As for the individual games, anything that you like the look of in particular? Yeah, so, I mean, this is all circumstantial, to be honest with you, um, but I do like the look of Bolton to get the win over MK Dons purely because I just think MK Dons is just going to be so disrupted for yeah. this game if the Martin thing goes through. Who knows, Tom? It, it feels so process-driven, right, at MK. I feel like a couple coaches could leave as well because I feel like this isn't just Martin. This is probably a larger team. That's that's drilling this into the players and and Bolton for in some crazy world. Trotters fans won't be used to this, but they seem pretty uh, pretty stable, don't they? They, <laughs> they do. seem pretty stable. I mean, they've they've brought in some decent players uh, on on paper at least. Josh Sheehan from Newport is very very eye catching, and yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling Bolton. I'm just looking at the. You know the unstableness of of MK and and I can't see them getting anything at a Bolton side back in front of fans first game back at League One level. Yeah, I'm all in on the Trotters at thirteen to ten. Cool. Yeah, I think if if Martin does actually make a U turn, ends up staying at MK Dons potentially two to one for MK Dons could be a good price at least on a double chance. MK. Agreed. But yeah, as it stands, if Martin does go, then Bolton are looking a, a good pick. Um, I think uh, I cannot not say Rotherham at home to Plymouth. Five to six for Rotherham. We've spoken about the Millers as a potential automatic promotion pick. Um, Plymouth as a relegation pick. So, yeah, putting the two together. Five to six for Rotherham at home to Plymouth. You'd think they should have more than enough to uh, to come back into League One and get a comfortable three points at home. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm also... I mean, this somehow does feel like something that could bite me in the bum, but I'm looking at Ipswich Morecambe and yeah. I know football is not on paper. And I know, as you said, Tom, this isn't FIFA football manager, you know, most money wins basically. I know, I know it doesn't work like that, but I feel like if Ipswich click in front of their fans in this kind of new dawn, I think it could be a bit of a hiding for Morecambe, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, They'll probably be happy to start away at Ipswich and, and get these kind of games out of the way early. Their season is not going to be defined by games at Portman Road, but Ipswich 8-13 is obviously a tight price and I completely understand why. But yeah, I think I'll be back in the Trotters. Uh, sorry, I yeah. think I'll be back in Ipswich. Yeah, well, <laughs> baptism of fire, isn't it, potentially here for Morecambe? Into yeah, League possibly. One. Um <laughs> I think if things go as we probably expect them to, um, 
eight to 13 would turn out to be a good price. Um, you wouldn't, in the reverse fixture later on in the season, if more come end up near the bottom, Ipswich near the top, you won't be getting eight to 13 for Ipswich in the reverse fixture. So, no could way. Be, uh, a nice little price here if Ipswich do comfortably win. Um, I could see it. And uh, what else do I have? I'm going to go for Wickham. Again, spoken about Wickham as an automatic promotion pick. They're at home to Accrington Stanley, 10 to 11. I don't think Stanley are going to be any kind of pushovers this season whatsoever. Had a fantastic season last season and could potentially go better. You know, solidifying themselves as a, as a top half league one side, potentially more. Um, but yeah, I think Wickham will be pretty happy to be at home and they've got a winnable game. You know, Stanley are a beatable side. Um, yeah, Wickham 10 to 11 is a, is a decent price. I think they'll get a, a comfortable but not crushing win. You know, I'm looking at a 2 0, something like that for Wickham. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, again, the return of fans is huge, isn't it? Uh, especially for these home sides. So. Yeah, um, really think they'll get they'll get behind the the chair boys and Gareth Ainsworth, etc. And yeah, can see that one happening. But in terms of this weekend, Tom, I found it aside from the ones we've read out, pretty tough myself. Don't know if you've got anything additional to add to your selections. Not really. Big game, Sunderland Wigan. I feel like you know opening day, Wigan three mm-hmm. to one away at Sunderland with their newly assembled squad could make a real statement at that price. Um but yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tip it, I'm not gonna touch it, but it's a certainly one to keep an eye on. But yeah. Aside from that, that's pretty much the best of the lot for me. Um we've covered it all. So let's move on, shall we, to League Two. Yeah, we can move on to League Two and we can start talking, Tom, about our outrights again. So promotion. Uh I'm going to start off with, we've been down this road so many times, Tom, uh, but Mansfield Town. I don't know if, if they can't get it done with Nigel Clough in charge with a full preseason. And, you know, what the what I saw last year before, obviously, all the COVID nonsense that came and they were hampered massively and kind of tailed off hugely after that. I don't know how they're going to get it done. This is a huge opportunity for Mansfield um, to get promoted any method. They're three to one. I mean, they've been knocking on the door in terms of preparation. They just haven't done it on the field, but I'm, I'm very confident with them and Nigel Clough. And, you know, touch wood, COVID isn't a thing this year. You know, if it wasn't a thing last year, who knows where they ended up. But a full season without COVID this year, they should be right up there. Yes, uh, I agree. Um, and it wouldn't be a League Two promotion preview without looking at Salford bang at the top of the bookies <laughs> list, <laughs> would it? Very there true. are a few things, a few things certain in life: death, taxes, and Salford being at the top of a pre-season League Two promotion <laughs> list. No, I am going to go for Salford to finally get the job done. Six to four is the general price you can get for them. Um, they've been building now at League Two level for a few seasons. I, I feel like they've finally got a man in charge in Gary Bowyer, who if they give him a bloody season, he can probably get the job done. This is a very good manager they've got in charge now. Uh, proved that at Blackpool. I think the signings they brought in, and they brought in some good League Two operators from other sides, uh, Tom King and 
Liam Shepard, both from Newport County, good signings. Josh Morris from Fleetwood, uh, Connor McElhaney from Oldham, Matty Lund from Rochdale. I think they're making some good signings, all on threes. Um, and I think that should take their squad uh, to the next level with the manager in charge they've got. I think they can find the form and the consistency to to actually get the job done this time. Um, and considering there's three automatic promotion spots available in League Two, plus uh, you know finishing down to seventh to get you in the playoffs, I think they should be in there somewhere this season. Yeah, very similar to the championship, Tom. I have a look at the at the top end of the bookies' predictions, and I think it's quite weak towards the top. Mm. To be honest with you, I'm not overly convinced by the general quality at the top. So I think, I mean, this if you get promoted, you get promoted because you deserve it. But it also feels like by default. Salford are going to be there or thereabouts because there's just yeah. not enough competition around. I don't think Salford Salford would have had to have been better last season than they will this season to get promoted. That's my my little opinion there. Um, yeah, Bradford, Tom. Bradford, Bradford, Bradford. Eleven to one. Another team like Mansfield that we have mentioned so many times in preseason. But this time it feels different. They've got Derek Adams in charge. Now, first of all, yeah, of course, he was unbelievable last year with with uh, Morecambe, sorry. Previously, it's easy to forget because of the size of the Morecambe task that he did really well with Plymouth at this level too. He's brought in Songo from Morecambe with him. Uh, he's turned Cook's loan from Mansfield permanent. They... They look to be priced nicely at five to two. They've obviously got everything it takes, and they always have. And it's very similar with Mansfield. Will they get it done finally? I'm not sure. I, I think they will, but there's always a question mark, isn't there? But right now, as I said, with the league looking kind of weak, I'm happy to to take a punt on them. It wouldn't surprise me if they're up there. Absolutely not. And yeah, we're talking about the teams at the top of the bookies odds. I am torn, to be honest with you. Bristol Rovers are, oh God, they're almost like the Ipswich of League Two. They've <laughs> they've come down, they've made a raft of signings, they've brought in some good players, especially for League Two level. Um, but then there's the Joey Barton thing that hangs over the club. Oh. So... If I was basing it on squads, personnel, Bristol Rovers are bang up there and they deserve to be one of the favourites for promotion. Um, but it's just the Joey Barton thing which concerns me. Um, you know, if it was me, you sack him and clench your hands of him before the start of the season, you go with somebody new and you leave the disruption behind. But they're sticking with him. I don't know. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Bristol Rovers because, yeah, like I say, based on personnel, they've got every right to be three to one, um, nearly top of the favourites list for promotion. But it's just the Joey Barton thing, which puts a big asterisk on it for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tom, we I think this is season four. We probably should have said that at the top of the show for anyone new listening. Uh, but yeah, this is season four for us. And my stance hasn't really changed in terms of off-the-field issues affecting on-the-field play. I think you can have all the all the talent at your disposal, but if the balance isn't right throughout the club and there's so many question marks and there's so much 
I mean, some of the some of the uh, Bristol Rovers fans are, are going to want Barton out. They won't want someone with an accusation like that, you know, having, you know, spearheading their club, right? This is their baby, and it's if it's being spearheaded by someone that has been accused of of that kind of uh, crime, then you know you don't really you don't really want them in charge, right? Because they rep- they represent you at the end of the day. Managers are the forefront, and. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced, mate. I just can't get behind. I just can't get behind such a mess. Not well, not such a mess, but such a cloud, I should say. Yeah. I'd rather look at Exeter and Forest Green, who are both ten to three, and I think they've got they've got a side that is almost as good, and they've got a lot more, a lot less question marks and a lot more positivity about them going forward personally uh, i'd even go as far as carlisle maybe at seven to two another side held majorly by covid uh last season that it completely scuppered them and they've managed to recoup a summer where they've lost a lot of a lot of players some good players some bad players they've managed to to bring a few in and and i would rather go for someone like carlisle exeter or forest green than bristol rovers and that's just a personal preference yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I'm going to throw another team out there at least to make the top seven. Um, this could end up with egg on, could leave me with egg on my face <laughs> when we recap this at the end of the season. But I, I'm quite in on Stevenage to at least make the top seven. To be honest, mm. they had an absolutely horrendous what 18, 19 season where they should have gone down, but for Macclesfield's liquidation ultimately saving them. Um, last season, they finished in 14th, had the season started in November, you know, the last 33 games of the season, Alex Revel, the manager, had them playing some good football. They lost the least amount of games in the league, you know, in the last kind of 33 games. I know we're picking a specific period there, but um, they lost just 14 games out of 46. You know, that's the same amount as Morecambe, who got promoted, the same amount as Cambridge, who got promoted, one less than Bolton. So they've got very, very solid foundations. The thing they were missing last season is a goal scorer. Um, have they found that this season? I'm not 100% sure. Um, they brought in James Daly and Jamie Reed. I don't know enough about them to say they're the answer or not, but... Based on the fact they don't concede many, they've got very very solid foundations. If one of the strikers can click, can get amongst the goals, they've got every chance of turning that 14th place finish last season into something much higher. Tom, did you know that Stevenage are the fifth favourites to be relegated? That's, yeah. And I Isn't think that it's absolutely silly. insane? It's silly. It's, it's I, I just don't get it at all. Like they haven't lost a bunch of players. The manager's still there. That, as you said, Tom did so well last season because he he basically took over a a sleepwalking side that was going straight for the trap door, and he managed to turn it round. And now they're a, a good side. I cannot. I couldn't believe that when I was doing doing my research. But that segues me nicely into relegation, Tom. Uh, I'm going to start with Scunthorpe. They're four yeah. to one to go down. They're the second favourites to go down behind Sutton. Sutton are ten to three, but I'm focusing on the Irons at four to one. They've been in turmoil for years, 
years and years and years. They went from the brink of the kind of championship promotion uh, picture of fighting in League One, and now this is the year, I think. And I just look at three players they lost, two in particular in Isa and Gilead, and Van Veen, when he was on the field, when he was on the pitch, was, was clearly way better than League Two, obviously had massive injury issues, but they don't look like they've been replaced from what I can see, you know, unless there's some diamonds in the rough. And yeah, it's it's just been a sleepwalk. And it's just, we've mentioned so many times, Tom, haven't we? You flirt for long enough and the trap door will open. Like yeah. if you don't arrest this slide, there's only so long that you can keep surviving. So for me, I'm having Scunthorpe going down at four to one to the National League. Yeah, I had them myself as well. Um, same reasons as you. I've also got Swindon. And this could all change. You know, we've got a lot of time between now and the end of the transfer market. But as it stands, as of recording, Swindon have got 12 first-team players, uh, including two goalkeepers. They're kind of in a similar derby situation. There's been a lot of off-field turmoil at Swindon, and they've only recently got that sorted via a takeover. Um, so a lot of disruption heading into the new season, not many players. Uh, so for that reason, as it stands, I've got to go for Swindon, but can't provide you any odds for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I'm completely with you. I think with the season off the field, well, the off season they've had off the field, the, the amount of turmoil there's been, I think anything, you know, any kind of survival is a success this season for Swindon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tom, you, you took the exact line. They, I said, apart from Derby, they're in the most turmoil uh, yeah. in terms of the uh, in terms of pre-season and the atmosphere and everything. And again, like Scunthorpe, but more recently, you know, won the League 2 title and fighting for, for League 1. And, and now it's this toxic, awful atmosphere that looks like it's going to end in relegation. So, yeah, I'm, we're very aligned on that, Tom. Uh, two teams to go down and without talking before the show, we've both picked Scunthorpe and Swindon. So yeah. that means they'll both stay up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, anyone else you want to give a shout out to or shall we look at the individual games for League Two this season? No, happy, happy to finish the show off. Uh, well, the picking uh, section anyway with Carlisle. Uh, I'm going to go for Carlisle at home to Colchester, priced at 11 to 10. I mentioned that I, I think they'll be right up there and I think they'll they'll probably make the playoffs this year. Um, I, I'm not keen on Colchester. They, they've basically brought in Ipswich reserves almost. I think they've signed seven players from Ipswich. They've signed yeah. the. I know it's easy in terms of relocation for the Ipswich lads. It's not too far away, etc. But I mean, this is this is either going to be a masterstroke, and these players are going to be way too good, or what I think is going to happen is you've brought in a brought in a bunch of players who have been losing together for years and years and years, and have a losers mentality, um, and are all pretty much at the tail end of their career, mm-hmm. bar one maybe. And they've got Hayden Mullins in charge, who is a rookie manager. Will he do well? Will he not do well? Not sure. Not sure he's given himself the best chance of doing so. Carlisle, 11 to 10. I like the look of that. Yeah, I can see it. Um, Just an interesting point. 
Scunthorpe against Swindon is opening day. <laughs> the battle of our two relegation picks. I'm not going to go near that one. Um, mm. But I am going to go near Stevenage at home to Barrow. Stevenage priced at 23 to 20 to get the win. As I said, I like Stevenage as an outsider, being well overlooked this season. Um, they had a decent home record, didn't concede too many goals at home last season. So I'm hoping they can pick that up and carry on from where they left off last season. Um, and I don't think Barrow are going to trouble too many teams. I think they should have enough to stay up like they did last season, but it'll be a lower mid-table finish again for Barrow for me. Um, so it's a decent start for Stevenage at home to Barrow. They're probably, you know, if you looked at the league and you picked out three or four teams who you'd want to play at home on opening day, I think Barrow will probably feature quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I think I like... I like Barrow. I think they'll be all right this season. Um, you know, got uh, Derek Adams in, and as much as it's been reported, he's not the nicest man in the world. He he knows his way around League Two, so yeah. one to keep an eye out for sure. Uh, in terms of another pick, that I'm going to go for again. This is basically good feeling versus bad feeling. I'm going for Mansfield over Bristol Rovers. This is a little bit of a brave pick because I'm more than aware that Bristol Rovers could get their act together and win this game. But with such a cloud, such uncertainty, it's hard to it's hard to imagine how the players are going to react, how the fans are going to react. And Mansfield at home under Clough, they're the good guys, aren't they? And Bristol Rovers are the bad guys in the public eye. And I've just tipped Mansfield for promotion, so I can't not back them opening day. <laughs> 11-8 to eight at home to the Pirates. Yep, I could see that one. Um, finally, for, uh, not an awful lot that I liked in League 2 this weekend, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I am going to go for two teams that we've not really spoken about. So Harrogate against Rochdale. Rochdale just recently relegated from League 1. Harrogate at home, 11-10. to 10. I'm going to go for them for uh, reasons being. So... Rochdale recently sacked their manager um, well after their relegation. Brian Barry Murphy, gone. A little bit harsh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, you know, they, they gave it a good fight at the end. No incoming, sign, incoming sign-ins and they've also lost some of their better players. I think it's going to be a season of kind of struggle, re-establishing themselves at League Two level, I think, for Rochdale. They're not, I don't think they're going to trouble too many teams towards the top end of the league. Um Lots of departures, especially some of their better players um, have left the club. So, yeah, I think for me, they're there for the taking for Harrogate whilst Rochdale kind of sort themselves out. Yeah, well, Man City didn't think that Brian Barry Murphy was uh, was was too poor because he got a job with them, didn't he? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the best, uh, the best decision from Rochdale. I'm not sure you know, what the angle was there. And yeah, I think also they are going to struggle and Harrogate, you know, very decent last year. So why yeah. not again? Any more that you'd like the look of? No, no. I think that pretty much wraps up EFL opening day in terms of the, of the picks there. Yep. Cool. Well, that then leads us to our first bomb-proof trebles of the season. Yeah, so this is really, really exciting. Uh, so if you're brand new to the show, this is the portion where we are going to uh, pick out three teams each from the weekend, put them into a treble, and then we will be backing our own bets with £10 stakes. 
in the hope that we all bash the bookies together. If you can't afford to bet £10, please don't. Just bet what you can afford to lose, if any at all. Please head to gambleaware.org for any support regarding gambling. And please remember, this segment is for over 18s only. Tommy Boy, the EFL, take it away. Who are you backing this weekend? Wow, the EFL is my absolute oyster here, isn't it? Every single <laughs> it team right, so I think if we can land a winner on opening day, I think classically this is the most difficult one to land. Just based on, you know, we don't know how teams are going to gel, they're going to play together, how they're going to start the season. So I'll be really pleased if one of us can, at least one of us can land their bomb-proof treble this weekend. Um, I am going to go for... Starting the champ, Huddersfield away at Derby. So 8 to 11 for Huddersfield. Sheffield United at home to Birmingham, 3 to 4 for Sheffield United. And Rotherham at home to Plymouth in League One, 5 to 6 for Rotherham to get the win. £10 example stake returns £58.18 back. Nice, nice. Yeah, big fan of that, mate. Big fan. I, I will interrupt. I'm pretty sure you did get your opening day. Bet right last um, last season. I've got a, got a good feeling you did that. So yeah. hopefully you can do it again for the profit chasers. But yeah, I mean this is basically stabbing in the dark, isn't it? Really, yeah. uh, d- doing your absolute best to read into signings and all that stuff. But you know, when no one is ever right about everything, so yeah, it's not it's not guaranteed, is it? That uh, what we said is going to come to fruition. But we will do our best. All right, so my treble, Tom, it's called Feeling Blue because all the teams I've picked are playing blue. <laughs> and we're going to start off in the championship. We're going to go for Queen's Park Rangers. They're at home to Millwall, and I'm back in the R's at 23-20. to 20. I'm also going to slide into League One and go for Ipswich Town, 8-13 to 13 at home to Morecambe. And then I'm going to finish off with Wickham Wanderers. 10 to 11, they are home to Accrington Stanley. A £10 example stake returns 69.61. Very nice. I do like it. Yeah, so hopefully one of us can land the opening day bomb-proof treble for the Profit Chasers. That is the plan. So, final thing that we, we appreciate it has been a little bit of a longer show. Obviously, we've got all the outrights out in there. Um, so, hopefully, you've really enjoyed that kind of bonus content, I suppose. Yeah. Um, fancy football so the worst game ever created by anybody ever is back um, <laughs> the fancy football uh, league will be kicking off so people are already starting to think about transfers and check out signings and values and try find those nuggets those players that no one else is going to pick etc we are going to be running our league again by the time you listen to this pod, our fantasy Premier League will be up and running. We still haven't heard from our winner from last season. So if you're out there, please let us know because you've got a £20 free bet waiting with your name on it. Um, and yeah, we haven't heard from you, so we can't give it you. We'll be doing the same this year. £20 free bet on offer for the winner. I think last year, Tom, we had 200-odd people. Was it? That's right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 
So yeah, we we're really really looking forward to getting that going. So I'll release all the information on Twitter. So please join our fantasy league. Twitter handle is t underscore f b podcast. So please 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 follow that. Uh, we're really trying to grow our following. We're trying to bring some really great content. Um, we love seeing everyone's bet slips throughout the season. It's just a great place to be if you're interested in football and gambling. So please join the league, follow us on Twitter. We'd really appreciate it. Yep. And if you have enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast as well. As a little thank you for the uh, hour or so content that we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we would really appreciate that. So... Bumper edition, Tom. I can barely catch my breath, the amount of stuff we've covered, but really glad to be back, uh, gearing up for a really exciting EFL season with the Premier League still to come. Not sure how we're going to fit it all in, but we will do so as we always do. Absolutely. So thank you for listening, guys. Old listener, new listener, we really appreciate every single one of you. Good luck for the weekend. Share your bet slips, winners, losers, whatever you've gone for, pre-season predictions. We want to see it all uh, on social media. And we'll be back again, same time, for our Premier League preview show next week.